0: Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. Spring is on its way and the sun is shining just a little bit longer these days. It's only a matter of time before more Pittsburghers are going to be at and about on the town, on scooters, bikes, enjoying the outdoor dining. But what does that mean for residents who rely on safe, clear sidewalks to navigate the city? Today on the show, newsletter writer Francesca Debacco is with Alisa Grishman. She's the founder of Access Ma Pittsburgh and she knows what it's like to be a wheelchair user here. She also has a few opinions about what we all can be doing to create a more accessible city. It's Wednesday, March 9th. I'm Morgan Moody and this is CityCast Pittsburgh.
1: Anytime I start working with a group of students, or anyone really, I, I ask the question of, what is the most common disability accommodation in the country? And everyone's silent every time. And then I'll, I'll say, I'll give you a hint, you're looking at someone wh- with it right now, and they'll all say wheelchair. I'll say, no, it's glasses. Yeah, and that whoa moment on all of their faces as they suddenly realize that glasses are just a normalized disability accommodation. And then you get them going and they kind of just get it. Yeah.
2: As someone uh, who uses a wheelchair, I'm realizing sidewalks are your safe space, but they're also sort of your battleground as you fight for a more accessible Pittsburgh. And, you know, there's so many things that can create an unsafe environment for wheelchair users, like cars illegally parked on sidewalks, e-scooters laying about. Oh, don't start me on those. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I would love to know what you think about them. Um, You know, and then like you mentioned, like the unsafe curb cuts or maybe worse, non-existent curb cuts. Non-existent
1: curb cuts is a problem still.
2: Yeah. So that's a part of the work that you do with Access Mob Pittsburgh. And as a group, you're really dedicated to creating change and bettering the world for disabled people. And I know you prefer positive measures, honey rather than vinegar, as you say. Can you tell me a little bit about the problem areas that the group is focused on right now? Yeah, we have
1: three big battlegrounds with the sidewalk that we're working on right now. The first has been a bit of a success recently, and it's sidewalk dining, because there isn't a good regulatory system in place for sidewalk dining to define where the dining can happen and how much of the sidewalk is still accessible. Right, And so I, I all the time, I, I almost fell off a sidewalk once trying to get around a restaurant in Shadyside. And now with the pandemic and more and more sidewalk dining happening and the city recently deciding to allow it to stay, a lot of disability advocates were really concerned about having more and more barriers to both getting past on the sidewalk, but also parking because people who use wheelchair vans need to be able to put the ramp out. And if the sidewalk dining is there against the curb as opposed to against the building, we can't get out of our cars. Yeah. Thankfully, you know, as I said, this was a bit of a win with the city. We had a number of people working directly with city council people, and they got the changes made to make sure that there was enough defined space to let people get past and to make sure that it was written down that sidewalk dining had to be against the building rather than against the curb. So, Mm. you know, at least that one, there's a a bit of hope.
2: Yeah. So I know that one of the things that you do to sort of keep check on accessibility in Pittsburgh is you report unsafe sidewalk conditions through the MyBurg app. For folks who've never used it, how does that work?
1: So MyBurg is an extension of calling 311 on your phone to report things directly to the city. You can use it from everything from down wires, unsafe sidewalk conditions, cars that have been left unattended, you name it, you can report it there. The Myberg app is a nice convenient way to do it without having to call. Uh, It also allows you to attach photos so people can see what you're talking about. And so when you find a problem area, you log on to the app, you type in the address, you type a description of what the problem is, kind of choose what section it routes to, sidewalks, vehicles, trees, whatever, and you attach the photos and you let it go.
2: I feel like this should be a necessary download for everyone in Pittsburgh.
1: I I really encourage it because it's, it's, convenient especially if you see something when you're on the run you take a photo of it you take a photo of a street sign and then later from the convenience of your couch you can uh plug in whatever you see and it's great for everybody and not just uh disabled people not just you know advocates activists you know everyone absolutely uh i also do i i love working with Uh, student groups. There there are a number of student volunteer groups out of Pitt, Duquesne, CMU. They do days of service. Cool. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I'll take groups of students. I've had 20 students at a time. We'll do a canvas of a neighborhood. So I'll send them in little groups of two or three with the app installed on their phones and let them do reports. And we've actually got a lot of uh, changes made and a lot of improvements made
2: to the sidewalks. Uh, what did you find in that and did were there any resolutions?
1: Yeah and in fact I can touch on two different things you asked there. One specific resolutions for the sidewalks um, when you report via the app you do get updates of you know someone has been sent to look at it. Uh, the complaint was found to be valid that's now been fixed. so that's satisfying. Uh, and then if I know that it hasn't been fixed over a certain amount of time, I personally just go to higher ups and whatnot. So there's a chunk of sidewalk up the street from me that I reported for three years and nothing happened. I finally emailed the mayor's chief of staff directly and said, hey, wow, how can I get this fixed? It turns out the city owned the building that that was a part of. So they're citing themselves for three years. <laughs>
2: Oh, wow. I
1: know. And so the they fixed it in a day and a half, but the best thing is then the mayor's chief of staff did a tweet kind of taking credit for it and I was like I bugged you for three years don't even
2: (laughs) no that's really good to hear though I mean it's a bummer that it took that long yeah to get a response but the fact that you know the city owned up to it but I'm I just tend to think about all of the situations that are just like that throughout the city um and in your particular case this was one in your neighborhood that you've had eyes on for a while but I'm I'm glad to hear it got fixed and hopefully that makes your life a little easier yeah what else are you focused on right now?
1: Well, the, the two problems that we're still facing and having a lot of trouble with and having a, little resist- a lot of resistance on um, are the e-scooters and... The delivery robots, mm. e scooters are a problem. You know, a people ride them on the sidewalk, which is illegal, right? And so that's that's a hazard for small children, for blind people, for people who are slow or unbalanced. Definitely a problem for wheelchairs. I I had a standoff with someone who got really mad at me, and I said, no, no, you you're the one breaking the law. No, I'm hoping that you know, with the new mayor, there'll be more of a priority made to helping current residents and, and, you know, focusing on disabled people instead of, you know, kind of shoving us off to the side. You know, I get the delivery robots I mentioned. That's a state thing. The city has no say on it. I'm not going to give the city heck about that because they literally can't fix it right now. We could just Get humans and pay them better, and they would do a good job. Good point. Yeah, you know, there, there's there is time and a place where an autonomous vehicle is useful, but you know, essentially the things that the state are planning, if the state is planning on bringing in these very tall robots that can go at quite impressive speeds. Then you look at our sidewalks, and it's like I'm not just worried about the wheelchair users. I'm worried about a robot tipping over and flattening a child.
2: Right. Yeah. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh, but like it's going to happen. And these robots are going to have to navigate the same sidewalks that you're trying to fight for. And it
1: pisses me off. It pisses me off that they might improve the sidewalks for the robots, but not for wheelchair users. Like, that is bull.
2: I like when you get fired up, Elisa.
1: I should have more rights than a robot. I should be more valued than a robot. I get that I don't have it, you know, bring income to the city, but, like, my humanity should be more important than a robot.
2: Absolutely. So, Elisa, you said something before in the past that really stuck with me. You said that your wheelchair doesn't disable you. The world does. Mm -hmm. Can you share what that means to you?
1: People use the phrase confined to a wheelchair and wheelchair bound. And those are horrible, horrible things to say because they make wheelchairs sound like some imprisoning thing. Mm Mm-hmm. My wheelchair is my freedom. You know, I have multiple sclerosis. I can walk through my house, but I I can't walk or stand for very long. I get dizzy. I fall. I hurt. And so I use my wheelchair. My wheelchair is a tool mm-hmm. that I use to get out. The same as, you know, someone who doesn't want to carry their child has a stroller because carrying a child is tiring. You know, for me, walking is tiring. So I have a wheeled thing to get around you know, in a world that had great sidewalks, sliding doors, ramps, I wouldn't be disabled. I'd be able to get everywhere just the same as, you know, someone who's currently able-bodied is able to do now. You know, it's, you know, it, it's, the, it's the world that creates the disability, not my
2: chair. Lisa Grishman disability advocate, founder and leader of Access Mob Pittsburgh. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure.
0: Before you go, a little more news. During the pandemic, Allegheny County and Carnegie Libraries stopped charging late fees to people like me who borrowed a book two years ago and can't bring herself to return it. And now it's permanent. No more new fines, no fees, and they're forgiving everyone's existing bills too. Whew, thank God. I'm so happy about it, I might finally return that book. Um, but the change is in effect at all 60-something regional branches. Social justice organization, Repair the World Pittsburgh, is collecting household supplies to benefit several local groups. It's in celebration of Purim, a one-day Jewish holiday next week. Tomorrow is the last day, though, to drop off donations at Trace Brewing in Bloomfield. We'll put a link to what they're looking for in our show notes. And you know spring is on the way when Paige's Dairy Mart is open for business. You can get the first scoop of the season tonight under that sketchy bridge in the South Side. Very romantic. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then.
2: Can we use that? Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding.